and welcome to a new episode of PR360, and I'm your host, Brett Deister, and if you could please subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music, leave a review, it really does help with the rankings, let us know how we're doing. But this week, I have Warren Pickett, and he is the VP of Brand Strategy at Blast PR. He's done... 25 plus years of print and digital marketing and media. He's done a bunch of different things with events, which we're actually going to be talking about as well. He's also got a BA or bachelor's degree in technical journalism from the Colorado State University. So we're lucky to have him. So welcome to the show, Warren. Hey, thanks, Brett. A nice shout out to my alma mater. So thanks for that. (laughs) No worries. My first question is to say is, are you a coffee or tea drinker? Yeah. And I used to be solely a tea drinker, but I really have matured into drinking coffee. It really wasn't until my 40s till I started drinking coffee, and and now I can't live without it. So, Uh, We both started relatively later-ish. I was more in my 20s, but still later than most people, because it usually seems like most people are like, high school, coffee. Yep, yep. So I feel you on the, I started later in life. It was a good thing. Yeah. But can you give us a little bit more of an elevator pitch about your expertise in this field and what you've done and everything like that? Absolutely. So I do come from most recently the event world. I've been a content director. So really working with speakers, programming on the conference side in the marketing and ad technology and marketing technology spaces and also on e-commerce as well. I've done everything from very small in-person regional events all the way up to 10,000 attendee events and everything in between. And really now coming at it from a PR side, I've jumped the fence a little bit and really enjoying working with event organizers in a different way. Mm, So you're happy being the opposite side because, I mean, events nowadays are almost non-existent. They may be coming back, but right now they're not really existing. Yeah. And I've always been on the B2B side, so nothing on the consumer. And I really enjoy developing community and working with event organizers around industry events. And that's where I have found my comfort level and, and really enjoy working with brands, agencies, companies that are engaging trying to look for opportunity where they can connect uh, in person or online. It's interesting because I think a lot of times, or excuse me, at the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of companies, event producers, associations, they basically tried to apply what they found success with in person to online events. And I think we can all appreciate that not everything translates from an in-person event to an online event. There are certain things that are just not going to come across the same way. All right. And since we talked about 2020 and events being non-existent, at least the physical events, what is your take on virtual events? So I think with virtual events, they did provide a stopgap between in-person events, but I think there's more value to them than that. They're certainly more accessible for people, whether you have trouble getting out of the office and going on a plane and getting somewhere. But even South by Southwest, with their recent virtual event in March, they showed us that events can be more accessible. They brought in American Sign Language presenters and just gave people who typically might have some challenges going to an in-person event 
giving them more opportunity, which I thought was great. So what you could see is the split between you can go to the physical events if you can, but we'll also have almost like a working person, a virtual event type of a thing where you can listen to it whenever you feel like it or when you can have free time. And I think with virtual events, that's key with in-person events. You basically sign up, you go the events over, you go back to your office and, and you're done with it. I think with virtual events, obviously there's a different cadence. There, there can be more opportunity leading up to the virtual event. You obviously can record it. You can play it back on demand. There's more follow-up that can happen after a virtual event. And I think in the event industry, we've seen really a difference in the way that companies are approaching their online uh, events. It, it's probably even giving them an opportunity to create smaller events or events on ancillary topics that they might not have ever had the the resources or the bandwidth to do. So it is changing the way that we think about business events and consumer. So in a way, you're saying that this kind of is a epiphany for a lot of event coordinators going, well, virtual events for a lot of people really didn't work out great, but we can still use this in some type of capacity. Absolutely. I think there is at what I consider the Wild West with events, that there is an opportunity for disruption. There's an opportunity for innovation and new technology coming into play. And so I think event producers over the past 18 months have gotten really good at understanding what makes a good online experience. And as long as they can engage the audience, provide them what they want, what they're looking for, then I think they're going to be successful. And the key to that is whether, again, you're a media company or an association or an event producer, the more you understand your audience and what they're looking for, the better you can serve their needs. And, and that certainly extends to virtual events as well. So it seems like virtual events worked, but not really. And then have people just missed physical events because of virtual events were like, well, these are great, but I can't really network anybody, especially with 30 people or so in a room or a Zoom call or whatever. So has this made people actually miss more physical events that way? I think so. I think there is definitely some pent up demand and people wanting to get back together in person. And you bring up a good point, depending on what people are looking for. Are they hoping to do networking? Are they meeting with existing clients or trying to find new customers? Are they looking for new partnerships? Are they trying to source new technology? So maybe they're looking for product demonstrations or are they really looking for education and information first and they're looking for strong conference presence? And so depending on what they're looking for, I think that definitely drives the demand to getting back in person. There are certain things that you can't do very well online. Product demonstrations, Yes, you could do something virtual, but it, it's not quite the same as picking up something or having a one-to-one a -one conversation with somebody on a trade show floor rather than listening into a webinar. Gotcha. And what can you expect from the new trends of in-person events from this year or late this year to 2022? A lot of the event organizers are not trying to push the limits too much. So you'll probably see smaller events. They'll be more intimate and hopefully they'll be a little bit more personalized, making sure that they 
are meeting the needs of the people who they know are going to be there. And that may mean that the event organizers are digging into the data a little bit more, understanding more about the attendees that plan to be there. I think there's certainly more opportunity this fall with hybrids. And we'll, we'll continue to see a lot of virtual only offerings this fall. But the number one thing that is on the minds of every attendee, every venue, every event organizer is going to be safety. That's going to be the biggest concern. And so as long as the event creates a safe experience, a safe environment, then I think people will start to be more comfortable with traveling, more comfortable with being in hotels, being in cabs, and wanting to be shoulder to shoulder eventually with other people in their industry. Gotcha. And so you even talked about hybrid events. So how's that going to play out? Are they going to eventually bring in Clubhouse with live streaming as well with in-person events? Are they going to do a mixture of that? Because I do see as Clubhouse, even though it's new to people, the drop-in, drop-out audio could be an interesting way of adding to a virtual event. For sure. I think there's a lot of opportunity to try and reach attendees no matter where they're at. Not everybody sits in front of their computer. Not everybody's going to be in person. Can you create an enriched mobile experience? Can you create a VR experience or an audio-only experience? Can you really create a, a good social experience? And it all comes down to engagement. The better job that events can do to create an engaging experience that connects people, and that may mean connecting in person audiences with the virtual audiences. If they can communicate and they can have meaningful conversation and meetings, then I think an event has done its job. But if they can't connect the dots, then it's probably not going to work out very well for that event. And again, we're at a time right now where there is some disruption going on. And I think those event organizers that really do a good job of creating that engagement are going to be the ones that rise to the top and, and succeed. So with all of this, with the virtual, with maybe even audio events or maybe an audio section of it, are we going to see a bigger rise in omni-channel event strategies? Because it seems like there's a going to be an omni-channel yep. event strategy in the pipeline if someone can figure it out. And I think depending on the platform, it's being smart about understanding what are the advantages of that platform. You can't do everything in VR. You can't do everything over audio. So it's it's figuring out where can you succeed. And again, going back to the example of the recent South by Southwest, they created an entire virtual Austin, but they knew and they didn't expect that the entire audience would be able to take advantage of that. But still, they understood that there was a certain part of their audience that's always looking for technology, always on the bleeding edge and wanting that type of experience. So where you can create a valuable experience, where you can take advantage of the resources that each platform offers, then I I think you create a really good omni-channel experience for each event. Gotcha. And what role will PR strategies play in what I call events 2.0? Yeah, things are obviously still developing in the way that we see events, I I think agencies will continue to do what they've always done. We'll continue to get clients involved in events for the same reasons, 
whether that's thought leadership or recognition, access to industry press, product positioning, whatever they're trying to do. But I think maybe the the days of attending an event with your client, being in the audience, helping them with their presentation or coordinating meetings, some of that may be a little bit slower to come back. We obviously live in a very virtual world right now, and we're doing so much that is much more remote. So I think agencies will continue to do all the things they've done, but they may go about it in a slightly different way. And even with that, will we actually now really start to see a mostly digital world because of everything that's been happening and just, I guess, people's fears of the virus and of physical paper and everything like that? Will we actually start to see more PDFs and just things just being sent to us through Microsoft Teams, emails, et cetera? I think so. I think we all have gotten a lot more comfortable being digital. and. Everything from what we think of as retail and brand, e-commerce, but there's very little that you can't do online that you used to do before the pandemic. I think we've all gotten very comfortable about doing things that we just never thought about doing before. But obviously, there's still a digital divide. There are still audiences that, that don't have good access to strong internet connection or technology in front of them. I think in the business world, yes, we'll see things probably stay somewhat digital. Even as companies go back to their offices, not everybody will want to be in the office. A lot of companies are giving employees the opportunity to stay home, to do more telecommuting, to stagger their work hours. And I think those types of things will continue. But there are people who really thrive in the office environment, and there will be people who want to go back, meet in person, sit down in a conference room, talk around the water cooler, so to speak. But we'll have both moving forward, I think. Gotcha. And even speaking with events or even more influencer type of a thing, I kind of like surmise this, should PR agencies who have brands, who work with brands, start to create their own homegrown or employee influencers instead of always having the budget to actually get the influencers. And this can go with events too, because events always need those people that will influence other people to buy into their conference. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for that. I think we obviously saw it in my world on the marketing side, we saw marketing budgets just killed last year in 2020. And they've really started to come back this year. But I think what it did was it caused a lot of companies to be much more creative about their spend. We all know that social media has allowed us to connect deeper and gain access to people that maybe we otherwise wouldn't have access to. And so you can find those industry influencers. You can find and and build up even people within your own teams to be stronger voices in the industry. Yes, I think it's important where there's opportunity for influencer marketing. But I think companies will do more with fewer resources moving forward. And as a PR agency, one of the things that I'm really excited about my role in being brought in to help is that whether I'm working internally with our agency, Blast PR, whether I'm working with our external clients, there's always an opportunity to take a look at your customers, to build out personas, to understand who the influencers are, to understand 
what the media sources are in your industry. And we're seeing a lot of our clients really do a lot more with their branding, with their content, doing more research and discovery. And I'm excited because I get to do a lot of that. I get to play a large role in helping to bring that all together. Again, to hopefully shine our company, but also our clients in the best spotlight that we can create for it. Gotcha. And with all the changes that happen in the PR industry, uh, the big word apparently last year was pivot. pivot. Yeah. Because everybody was like, you got to pivot, you got to pivot. So this ever-changing pivot, <laughs> what basically, what do you think will be the end result? Maybe in 2022 or 2023? Because sure. I think we'll start to finally see it coming to fruition. What do you think is going to be always changing is the best way of saying it? I think it's an onward trend. And there, this probably started well before the, the pandemic, but I think we've seen some, maybe a, a focus on it, is that agencies will continue to be a little bit more narrow in the clientele they work with, the industries they serve, and using that as an emphasis. Do they work in cannabis? Do they work in e-commerce? Do they work with mobile app clients? How can they better define themselves as an agency in their offerings? And obviously, a lot of PR revolves around communication, but I think agencies will also start to embed more marketing type services. And they'll take a look at their portfolio of the services that they provide to make sure that they are helping their clients succeed as much as they can with their own internal efforts. And again, with client budgets being cut back in the marketing side, product development and outreach, they are trying to do more internally and I think PR agencies can play a bigger role in helping them, whether they're going through a rebrand, whether they're introducing a new product or service. How do we help them tell a story that maybe they would rely on three or four different partners before? A lot of that can be handled more niche and, and focused within the PR agencies. Mm -hmm. And will PR agencies play more of a role as content creators in this space of awareness since we have Clubhouse, podcast, video, live streaming, and then text, and obviously pictures as well. Will we start to see more of that as a role? I mean, I know writing is just as important as everything else, but right. it seems like PR agencies have to do more and more different types of content to help make their clients happy, but also go, hey, we know what we're doing when we bring awareness. Yeah, I think that the media landscape, as we all know, just continues to get more fragmented, and there's more opportunity. Connected TV, audio, social, there's just a lot more ways to really advance the technology that these companies are producing, but also engaging in. And so you're right, as a PR agency, you have to be more on top of the different media channels that they can be seen or heard in. I really like the fact that as a PR agency, we can help clients seize on industry trends or these technological advances, but also look at the evolving consumer behaviors. Where are consumers wanting to be spoken to, engaged with a brand, things like that? I think we'll continue to evaluate and assess brand positioning in, in the marketplace, but you're right, it goes much more beyond just the written word. It, it, it does fall into video, audio, 
and all the different ways that we're seeing explode right now. And with that, will we see more PR agencies just hire more freelance podcast producers, videographers, and all that stuff? Will we see more of that? Or will they try to actually do more in-house and try to get people to be like full-time? Because I feel like the freelancing work right now is actually pretty good because work from home, they don't have to worry about you and all that other stuff. It does, yeah. (laughs) And I think a lot of it depends on the scope of the agency. I think freelance works really well, just depending on what you're trying to accomplish. Are you setting up your own podcast? Are you doing more video outreach? It's easy to find somebody to partner with and, and do those things. But obviously, if you have a big team, you may be able to bring some of that in-house as well. And that's the same thing we find with our clients. Sometimes they have the resources, they have the, the staffing to be able to do things in-house, but where they need to source somebody to help them with their storytelling, to build the messaging, we can certainly help them do that. So it's a combination. And with the pandemic and everything, podcast has actually seen a, like a huge rise in listenership in general, Sure, especially because people have been working from home, but they're also listening behaviors since I follow a bunch of podcast industry stuff has changed dramatically too, where it was usually in the morning or at night or the evening. Now it's throughout the day because people are at home. So do you think more brands are looking at this and figuring out how to either advertise or start their own or partner with other podcasts specifically? I think there's opportunity there for sure. And, And just like you said, the cycle, typically when you're releasing a press release or you're trying to get a byline written, you may fall into a certain pattern about what days of the week or what times of the day you're engaging with members of the press or issuing a release, things like that. We're seeing much more that is content being created on demand. So yes, you can tune into it live, but you don't have to. You can catch it later. Maybe you're going to exercise that night and you want to turn into your favorite podcast while you're exercising. It goes back to before the pandemic when people were commuting. You're hopping on a train or you're driving in your car and you're finding new opportunities, new timelines to engage with media. And so I think brands will continue to create content that it has to be engaging with their audience, but they can't necessarily control when their audience is going to engage with it. Frequency is another part of that and how often you come out with content. And I think any good content marketer will tell you the most important thing you can do is be consistent in your frequency. Don't just dabble in the waters. Don't just try it with a podcast. If you're going to do it, commit to it and make sure that you can build that audience over time because it is going to take time to to create a following. Especially with podcasting, it's a very slow start. Sure. But what do you think is the next iteration of PR agencies. You already talked about niching and being a little bit more specific, but is there anything else that's going to be different from what PR agencies were to now? I think it depends on what their clients need. How can they help the client solve problems? But really looking beyond that, how do they help the client and their clients solve problems? And I think there is a lot to be said around storytelling. I think whether you're like getting back to creating customer personas or reaching out to an industry influencer. Do you also create an FAQ 
that just answers questions that your customers would be seeking out. Anything you can do to obviously create search tags and, and content on your blog and tell your story, but be seen as a thought leader in the space is really going to amplify your brand. And so I think agencies will continue to help brands amplify their position in the market. A lot of that would also probably come down to the research that I talked about earlier. Are you creating surveys? Are you asking your customers or the industry at, at large about topics of awareness or the news of the day and being able to build off of that and, and create something that is meaningful that people will want to seek out and, and turn to you for answers for. So it, it is all about that positioning, storytelling, brand building, and PR agencies will continue to do that. Mm-hmm. And fun question for you. If you could create an event for yourself, what would it be? Oh man, I love that. I really like innovation. I love current events. I love reading the news and seeing the headlines when a problem is solved or there's a new way of doing something. We're constantly seeing disruption in a, a number of verticals, and that's everything from travel to healthcare to automotive. There's just so much disruption going on across the board. And so I really like looking ahead and thinking about, okay, what's the next area that's going to be disrupted? What is that future technology going to be? So I think that would be a, a very fun event to, to be a part of. All right. Any final thoughts for our listeners? Well, Brett, thanks for having me. It's great to connect with you and, and everyone listening. PR, I think, certainly serves a vital role. There have been many times when people said, oh, it's the death of PR. I don't think that for a minute. I think we'll continue to uh, advance and, and be valuable in the industry. And so whether your customers are engaging in funding, whether they're hoping to move the needle with being seen and heard in the industry, that's the fun part about PR is, is just helping to see the success stories. All right. Thank you, Warren, for joining PR360. Really appreciate you sharing your knowledge about PR agencies and events in general. Yeah, I'm looking forward to more and more of that. Thanks, Brett. I appreciate it as well. Take care. And thank you for joining PR360. As always, please subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and leave a review. It really does help with the rankings. Let us know how we're doing. All right, join us next week as we talk to another great thought leader in the PR industry. All right, guys, stay safe. Get to pivoting as always, because we were always doing that. And see you next week. Later.